This episode of the Talent Talks podcast was recorded earlier this year. For the latest on how the university is responding to the coronavirus pandemic, please visit erau.edu slash coronavirus. Here's the show. Welcome to the Talent Talks podcast from Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. I'm Alan Caesar. My guest today is Danielle Rosales, who completed her BS in communications in 2018. As a student, she published articles with Air and Space magazine, and she now works as a marketing and sales associate at Space Tango. The company builds research and manufacturing systems into compact containers, which are installed in air hubs on the International Space Station. They streamline the process of running experiments in microgravity to develop new products for use on Earth. Danielle, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm really excited to talk with you all. All right. So what uh, what brings you to campus? So I'm here for a number of reasons, but the biggest one is Career Expo, which will actually be tomorrow. So Space Tango will have a booth there for the first time. Excellent. So we are recording this in uh, February. So unfortunately, our listeners will miss out on this one, but hopefully you guys will be back for the next one. Um, uh, do you know if you'll be coming back for another one already? We don't know just yet, but I'm hopeful. All right. Rock and roll. What else, uh, what else are you doing while you're here? So I will also be speaking at the Black Students Association general body meeting um, about Space Tango and kind of about the opportunities that we have right now for potential student interns as well as full-time opportunities. All right. Uh, so you went to high school at a military base in Japan. Uh, how long were you there and what, what was it like? Yeah, Matthew C. Perry High School, home of the samurai. Home uh, of the I, samurai. It, <laughs> so I was there for sophomore through senior year of high school. Um, I graduated from Matthew C. Perry, and it was amazing. One of the best experiences that I've had. I had an amazing time in Japan, um, as well as just living off base, as well as going to school on base. It was an experience. All right. Uh, so w- the other people you went to school with, the other students, were they were they also expats or you know military kids or what was the what was the student body like? Yeah, they were a mix of military dependents, uh, all of which had family members that probably some of which were from Japan themselves, but also from the U.S. and other parts of the world uh, stationed in Japan. So I got a good mix of culture. All right. So did you, uh, what did you do when you, you lived off base, yes? Yes, we lived off base. Okay. So uh, you get out and interact with uh, uh, the Japanese uh, culture and uh, did you learn any Japanese? It was, I did learn a little bit of Japanese, not nearly enough to be able to use any now. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, it is a beautiful language, but one that you do have to practice. And after graduating, it just wasn't something I was practicing. Uh, However, at the time, both the military base and the high school themselves make it a priority to integrate um, with the community outside of Mm. the base in honor of allowing us to be there. Um, So we actually had a lot of opportunities to interact with local schools as well as volunteer with younger students off base. That's really cool. Um, So... Most people who choose Embry-Riddle don't do it casually. They tend to have aviation or aerospace sort of in their bones from an early age. What was it that attracted you to the aerospace industry? Space. Yeah. (laughs) It is as stellar as it sounds. Um, Stellar. Ha, ha, ha. I got (laughs) it. You get it. Yeah, yeah. You're a communications person through and through, huh? I love playing with words. Um, It is a stellar field to be in. Quite literally, uh, there's always something new happening. And what space was 10, 20, 30 years ago is not what it is today. And it won't be the same thing even tomorrow. Something big could happen today and change entirely. And I think it's that mystery, that wonder that comes along with it that makes it such an exciting field to be in. Um, And 
on the military base itself, a lot of military personnel were also Embry-Riddle students uh, for the worldwide campus. So that was another way that I was actually reading a newspaper on base in the Stars and Stripes. And it talked about graduating uh, military personnel from worldwide campus. And I was like, well, that's interesting. You know, I saw the aeronautical and that's all it really took. So. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so uh, you got started here pursuing a degree in space physics. At what? Uh, that's a huge leap from communications. Tell me about how you chose space physics in the first place and why, why you changed the direction. I would say that I first became interested in space when I was in elementary school. My mom took me to the Goddard Space Flight Visitor Center in Greenville, Ooh. Maryland. Yeah. And... It was eye-opening for all of us, and it was exciting to see everything in person. You know, we hear bits about going to space in class, uh, especially from an elementary level. It's only so introductory. Mm -hmm. uh, but to be able to go there and see everything that they had, I was amazed. And there was one section on black holes, and I was perplexed at the idea. And I still am. I don't know anyone that isn't, but... <laughs> It was amazing to see that, and physics became a topic of interest. And although it truly is now, during my first year uh, as a freshman at Embry-Riddle in space physics, it I realized through time that communication was much more of an interest. And I think I slowly started to realize that in high school itself, when I was the editor-in-chief of a newspaper. So I was the editor-in-chief of the Samurai newspaper. And through that, I realized that I really liked writing. I think I felt internal pressure to maintain a degree in space physics, but I had to be honest with myself and tell me like that was what I really loved was communication. Yeah. So uh, I, I changed majors myself a couple of times in college. And for me, there was always a period of time where I was sort of uncertain about the choice and wondering if I should go back or pick a different degree. Absolutely. Uh, was yeah. there a point for you, a project, a class or something that you realized like this definitely feels like the right direction? I was taking media relations with Dr. Detour, and it's her class is built around uh, ultimately kind of a, a full portfolio of the different things that go into media relations and public relations that allowed me to get firsthand experience as to what that really means. Granted, there were some other classes I've taken, speech, intro to news writing, all of which had me utilizing those skills that I missed so much from high school. I did not know what media relations was, what public relations was, and it was a new perspective for communication that a lot of people I don't think consider, that it's a lot more than reading and writing. It's not your tech reports that you're turning in. I know yeah. those aren't that fun, yeah. but those skills lead up to something greater, and for me, that was public relations. So what's your approach to storytelling? How do you sort of either crack that nut or solve that puzzle or you know, build that story? It's the people. I would say that the first thing to look at in any storytelling, whether it's news, if it's just an interest piece, if it's just a blog post, what do the people have to say or feel about it? I think feelings is everything, you know, especially in the space industry. So much of what we do has a passion behind it. Mm -hmm. It's more than just this need to get there or get it done. Everyone that I've encountered, not just at Space Tango, but with the companies that we partner with, there's a passion for it. For the mystery and wonder, as I said earlier, that comes with it. Is that uh, is that sort of a key for you in terms of making anything that you write not feel like stereo instructions? Because when we're talking about a technical field, it's easy to write something that sounds and feels like stereo instructions. It's for a lot of the work that I do, 
Um, you know, I manage a lot of the marketing communications and there are going to be some pieces that have to be technical. Mm -hmm. There's some that have to get to the point. But when we get to some of those news oriented pieces where people want to know, what does the CEO have to say? What does your principal investigator have to say about sending retinal implants to space or about sending brain organoids? You really want to hear about, well, why are they doing it to begin with? You know, those retinal implants can help solve problems with blindness if someone has macular degeneration. Those brain organoids could tell us more about autism and Parkinson's disease. And then you get that human piece to it, the connection that we all have to space, is that it's not just about sending rockets. It's about the people. There, there's something out there for everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, so at uh, so tell me more about these research cubes. So I have brain organoids and, uh, and retinal uh, <laughs> research and so on. That's, that's all happening in these boxes that you guys send up to the space station, right? Right. So these vary in size. Um, and they're called cube labs. So these cube labs are entirely autonomous and they host all of the investigations within them. And they can range from anywhere from the size of one of your smaller tissue boxes, something the size of a larger shoe box. Um, and these are all, like I said, autonomous. They're installed on the International Space Station and they can run for any duration of time uh, up to 30 days. Right now is what we do at average. Uh, but all of these investigations are housed in there. Okay. So, and you send them up on like uh, SpaceX rockets and uh, uh, other organization rockets? Yeah. Space Tango is fortunate to have a Space Act agreement with NASA mm -hmm. that allows us to get allows us to get onto any commercial resupply mission to the ISS. So right now we launch from both Wallops Flight Facility in Virginia as well as Kennedy Space Center down in Cape Canaveral. So any of those Northrop Grumman or SpaceX rockets that can get us up there. Okay. So some of these launches that we've seen from here uh, might have had some of y'all's uh, uh, cubes on them. Absolutely. Um, my team is actually down in Cape Canaveral right now preparing for SpaceX CRS-20. So they're actually working on two cube webs. So I'm, I'm going to ask you to pick favorites here. Uh, what's, what's the coolest thing that you've worked on at Space Tango? Although everything that we've worked on has been beyond impressive. And truly, take a look at our missions that we've been a part of on Spacetango.com. But my favorite so far has been University of California, San Diego's brain organoid investigation. And this launched on CRS-18 of last year. And brain organoids are small living mass, masses of cells. And these cells allow us to understand how the brain functions, but without having to truly study it in a human body. So they're separate to that. And these cells let us understand the neuronal ad adaptations. Um, so in microgravity, as we send these to space, we can understand how space affects them. And this can provide in uh, insight on different neurodegenerative diseases. So uh, is it tough to, you know, uh, uh, work in communications that basically touches, you know, aerospace and the medical field and whatever other fields that you're in, you know, <laughs> space tango is involved in? It's a challenge, uh, not only for myself, but I think it's a challenge for the space industry. And it's one that we're all trying to overcome in that space is no longer just about exploration, discovery, about going to the next planetary body. It's also about utilizing low Earth orbit for commercial options. So when you look at what Space Tango does and even some of the other groups that we've worked with, it's bridging the gaps between something that is so traditionally, let's get out there, let's find out more to, well, now we know what we have, what can we get with it? What, what else can we learn to understand for the benefit of Earth? 
So what benefit is there to uh, doing research in microgravity in low Earth orbit? In microgravity, you're really looking at the absence of gravity itself. So we're removing the force of gravity from the equation. And when you think about that, truly think about what that means, when you think about the science that you're doing, whether it's on brain organoids or on retinal implants, that changes a lot of things. So the retinal implants themselves are washed with a, a media of fluids over it. And on Earth, those can only layer up so high, whereas in space, there's no gravity to stop those from layering up. So oh, we have the water won't flow away. Or the exactly. Won't flow Think away. about it like dropping droplets of water on a penny. Yeah. You know, I don't know if anyone's ever done that investigation before. It's fun. But see how many drops of water you can get on a penny. You know, you reach a certain point and then the water starts flowing over. That's not a concern in space in the way it is here on Earth. So whether you're looking at building masses of tissue or if you're looking at making retinal implants, you don't have to worry about how that fluid is going to wash away from the, the subject that you're really trying to work on. Yeah. So then the, the, the surface tension is a lot more effective at keeping the fluids there Absolutely. in place. And that's one of really one of the more, uh, one of the easier concepts that we've approached through our investigations and through our partners works. And that there's so many other ways to look at microgravity as an application or a value added to the investigation. So I think uh, Space Tango started up in 2014. Um, how, how, what's it like working at a relatively new company like that? Yeah, founded in 2014, Space Tango not only has grown immensely, but to be a part of that growth is an experience in itself. You don't always have that very hands-on activity to help build the foundation to make it even better than what it is now. Being a part of that startup experience has given me insight into what it takes to run a company, uh, which is a lot. And I feel like really underestimates it even then. But watching our CEO, Twyman Clements, kind of go from, you know, an office space, half the size of this wicked studio that I'm in right now, to a two-floor building with offices in Houston for spaceflight operations support. So you got your internship uh, at Space Tango through uh, another Embry-Riddle alumna. Can you tell me about how that happened? The communication department was hosting a panel of not only previous students, but just other communication professionals local to Daytona Beach or that were willing to visit. And one of those alumna was Michelle Lucas. She is the founder and CEO of Higher Orbits, a nonprofit STEM education platform. And she, I made it my mission to make sure I got to meet Michelle Lucas, because not only was she a communication grad, she also trained astronauts. And to see how she bridged the gap between a communication degree and training astronauts was truly impressive and inspiring. And it motivated me to really look at the degree for what it could be rather than what it is. Uh, and through our networking, which I am a huge advocate for, she and I had an opportunity to talk a little bit more about what it means to be a communication specialist and about the opportunities that there are. Over time, through her work with Space Tango, uh, who is a higher orbits partner, she reached out to my advisor, Professor Master, and said that they were looking for a communications person to intern. And I immediately jumped at the opportunity. I didn't know what Space Tango was, where they were located, what they did, but I knew it was a space company looking for a communication student. Um, and once I learned more, it quickly became a perfect fit. 
I think I got really lucky and now I work for them full time. That's really awesome. <laughs> uh, so you got a communications degree from Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, which probably sounds weird to some people when you say it out loud. Um, does it feel like a special thing for you to have a communications degree from an aerospace-centric university like, like we have? I'll be honest. Even when I saw the communications department listed on the Embry-Riddle website, I was surprised. It's honestly not something that I considered or have even heard anyone talk about as far as an an open uh, field for people interested in aerospace and space itself. And when I saw that, I wanted to learn more. And I can understand why it seems odd, but the more you learn about it and you see how this degree is utilized in technical fields, it's more than befitting and I think necessary today more than ever. Over time with my degree, which I feel has truly prepared me for what I do now, coupled of course with minors that are valuable. I have minors in business administration and space studies. It gave me the communication side that I really needed with the technical pieces still to be able to have a degree that can be applied to this cross-functional position that was still trying to be understood, even for a startup, but also for the industry. Commercial space operations is quickly changing. It's being redefined. They're creating a market in low Earth orbit. And that's something where they're bridging the gaps between traditional communication and marketing and what is predominantly very ex, uh, very focused on exploration and discovery to something that's a for-profit market. So you've volunteered with uh, True Colors Caribbean and Habitat for Humanity through the uh, Caribbean Students Association. Um, you've also been involved in uh, OBAP here uh, at Embry-Riddle. You've got this streak of volunteerism in you, it seems like. What, what's your involvement now? What, what things are you doing right now to give back to whatever communities matter to you? My parents are both Caribbean, mm -hmm. so they moved to the U.S. just before I was born. Uh, I was born in 1995, for reference. <laughs> but they are advocates for opportunity, but for helping others. And that's something that's just been very true in my family, and that's something that makes me a very, that is a very large part of who I am, is helping others. And through groups like the Caribbean Students Association, OBAP, and even indirectly for clubs that I wasn't a member of, I always made it a priority to at least work with one another to find opportunities and to recognize how important it is to give back to your community. And we do that in a number of ways. Um, Habitat for Humanity was one of those ways that we did that in CSA. But even if it couldn't be the local community, within those club meetings alone, being able to have a room of people that look like you and call them family and encourage them to look at their degrees and their dreams and their aspirations in a new and creative way is a really big part of giving back to. So you're coming back to speak with uh, uh, to CSA and OBAP as part of this trip. Is that part of what you're doing? Uh, and you're, you're also mentoring people one-on-one? -on -one? Correct. So I am actually here back with OBAP and I will be also speaking with BSA this week to not just about Space Tango, but for anyone that needs resume help. So I'll be doing that a little bit as well. Just I've already gotten a few resumes and I'm always open for more because I know it's not an easy, uh, easy task, especially with the Career Expo the next day. Uh, but I also mentor students one on one. Started small with just a quick group chat, call it stellar opportunities for students interested in space. Anytime I find a space job internship available, I post it in that group chat for students to have access to it. Um, it's not very direct. It's not always going to be direct, but 
it takes little things to help and to show people that you're there for them if needed. So we're recording this in February, which is Black History Month, and I sense from your Twitter account that you think it's important to lift up people of color and women of color who are working in aerospace. Tell me why that's important to you. Growing up, I didn't have people that looked like me that had an interest in space. And today I see rooms and rooms full of women that are asking for, well, how can I work in space? How can I do it? And these women of color and men of color, any people of color that want that opportunity can do that. And it can be challenging when you walk into a room that doesn't look like you, that traditionally, I mean, when you look at the men that first launched to space, they don't look like me at all. And though I have no dream of personally going to space, I do see men and women that want to do that that don't look like them. So it takes it takes a few voices to speak up and say that it's okay and you're not alone. We'll continue to the lightning round in a moment, but first I'd like to tell you about Embry-Riddle's Career Services. The office is there to provide comprehensive services and resources to ensure that you excel in the global employment market. And to that point, our industry career expos are coming up this fall. These are hiring and career information events for full-time, co-op, and internship opportunities with for-profit, nonprofit, and government agencies. They're usually hosted at the Prescott, Arizona, and Daytona Beach, Florida campuses and in various locations around the United States through our worldwide campus. But for the fall of 2020, uh, these events will be virtual. Uh, Prescott's virtual fair will be September 30th and October 1st. Daytona Beach will be October 13th, and our grad school fair will be October 21st. Again, these are all virtual events, so you can participate from wherever you are. There's no travel necessary. You can get the details on this and more at careerservices.erau.edu. It's time for our lightning round. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) A little anxious, but I'll give it my best. Okay. Uh, Well, I'm going to give you five questions, and you're going to give me five answers, and there are no wrong answers. So uh, we'll uh, we'll jump right in. So you can take a flight in any spacecraft or aircraft ever made from anywhere to anywhere. Where do you choose? I have to say I personally have no immediate desire to go into space until it is as common as getting on a plane. Even then, that's a little terrifying, not the best with heights. But if I had to pick something, it'd be the Saturn V rocket. And I know the moon is where it went, but if we could go to Mars, I'm all for it. All right, Saturn V to Mars. Excellent. Uh, All right, if you could read only one book for the rest of your life, what would it be? The Immortalist. I just read it, so I'm probably a little favorite in that right now. But that was a book that I've read recently that put a lot of things into perspective. If anyone has a chance to read it, you should read it. The Immortalist was amazing. It actually follows the journey of five different siblings and their experiences from life to death. And it's puts life as short. And that's really what the book talks about. All right. Uh, who's your favorite cartoon character? I'm going to be made fun of for this, but it's definitely SpongeBob. I think he's hilarious. I've watched a few of the newer episodes. I would say that classic SpongeBob is way better, but SpongeBob is still my favorite. Wait, there are new episodes of SpongeBob? Oh, SpongeBob is still going strong. Oh, wow. I know. (laughs) That kind of blows my mind. Uh, All right, so picture uh, for me your ideal grilled cheese sandwich. All right, you're you're about to take a bite. Uh, Tell me what's in it. Maybe you're not going to take a bite. Maybe you hate grilled cheese. Oh, no. I love cheese. Okay. Uh, But it is pepper jack with spinach 
and black pepper and paprika, and I'm good to go. Oh, wow. All right. good. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. All right. uh, If you could live for a week as any person in history, who would it be? Myself. Oh, yeah? 100%. And that's not to say I don't have role models. I definitely do. Mm -hmm. But I believe in truly loving and appreciating yourself for what you've accomplished and understanding that things aren't easy for anyone. And I don't know what challenges someone else had, but I know what challenges I've had. And I'm still trying to figure it out. I'd rather figure out what I have to go through first. All right. Uh, Well, thanks very much, Danielle, for uh, joining us for Talent Talks. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. All right. Uh, Talent Talks is a production of Wicked Radio and the Embry-Riddle Office of Alumni Engagement. We're coming at you from the Maury Hassani Student Union at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University in sunny Daytona Beach, Florida. If you'd like to share your thoughts about our show or suggest a guest to us, we'd love to hear from you. Visit alumni.eru.edu slash podcast and click the feedback link. Thanks for downloading us. We'll see you next time.